What's going on, MMA nerds? This is the MMA Takes Podcast, episode two. What a weekend it was for the UFC, for Bellator, for MMA fans alike. Action-packed weekend, some good fights, some, uh, you know, not-so-good fights. I think both cards were a little overhyped, in my opinion. But let's jump right in with the UFC 220 recap. I mean, it was it was... People knew uh, a lot of the a lot of the, the guys that were on there. Shane Berger, Burgos versus Calvin Cater, fight of the night. Amazing fight. New York versus Boston. Love that fight. Don't know how much those how far those guys are gonna go in the 45 pound division. To be quite honest with you, Calvin Cater looked great. He's 4 0 in the UFC. I think he has a tremendous upside. He um before this Burgos fight where he won by knockout, he had been squeaking by a couple guys, and, and he knows how to win rounds. But uh, I don't know if he's ready for the elite. I mean, you can't give him Jeremy Stevens, uh, Cub Swanson, anybody like that just yet. But, I mean, he might be there. Um, and then, obviously, the other the other two fights that everyone was talking about, DC versus Stipe. We'll go with Stipe first. Stipe impressed me crazy. He's my guy. I picked him. Uh, I picked him to win. He was the underdog, which I thought was crazy. I thought he would have a, a dangerous first round, which he did. And then I thought if it went past the second, I thought Stipe, it, it, you know, it was a 90% chance he was going to win. That first round was probably the best heavyweight first round I've seen in a very, very long time. Very, very competitive. Again, you so fucking scary. Stipe took big shots, gave big shots, really mixed it up. Thought he might have leg kicked more and angled more. He kind of stood in front of Ganyu, had some fantastic head movement against the cage. Fought a really smart fight, wrestled him. I know a lot of people might not thought it would, you know, I didn't think it was going to go five. I thought Stipe might have TKO'd him in the third. Um, but he looked great. He broke the record for the heavyweight title defenses, which is a really pathetic record, to be honest with you. I mean, of all the great heavyweights in the world, no one's defended it more than three times, at least in the UFC. We all know Fedor had that crazy run in pride, but that doesn't count in the UFC. So Stipe looked amazing. An Ohio guy, root for him. He's the underdog, won some money on him. I love that even more. It was a pretty entertaining fight. Um, it, he obviously got new gas, so he slowed down towards the end, but I thought Stipe put on an amazing performance against a really dangerous guy. The guy's dangerous the entire fight. Even when he slows down, he's dangerous. So hats off to Stipe. Loved it. Loved that he's uh, the best heavyweight in the world and he came from Ohio. little quick fact about Stipe. If you listen to the first podcast, you heard me um, when I talked about when I was training. When I started training MMA, and I'm a bigger guy, so I would have fought heavyweight more than likely. Um, Stipe had two amateur fights at this point. We both started training at the, right around the same time. And he's from Cleveland. I'm from Cincinnati. He's from Strong Style MMA. Vision MMA is where I come from. Vision and Strong Style, a lot of guys, we crossed paths. A lot of guys fought each other from that school. Not super often, but it did happen. There, in, in, a, in another world, there was a time where there was a chance I could have fought Stipe before the UFC. And that is crazy that that would even happen if, I, if, if that ever did happen. But, I mean, timelines add up. I mean, I'm not making that up. I mean, you can let, it's science. I mean, look it up. Then the co-main event, we got uh, Daniel Cormier versus Volk. Volkan Ozdemir, Volkan Ozdemir, a guy who 
he's coming off two first round knockouts, so he got a title shot, which you know I'm not mad about that at all. But he he, he wasn't ready for DC. He came out hot. He came out strong. Came out swinging. DC stay composed. Stay composed. Stay composed. And then just took the fight over. I mean, Volkanovs Amir. A guy fought on an undercard in Bellator and got choked out. So I'm not overly impressed with him. I know everyone can get better, and I think he has good knockout power. I think his technique is weak. I think his takedown offense is weak. I think his ground game is even weaker. Um, but that's the state that 205 is in right now is, that, is they needed someone DC to fight. They needed DC to get over the John Jones thing. They needed to get DC over the John Jones loss. DC is a star. I mean, DC usually gets booed. He was getting cheered. He shows some compassion. I, I, I'm I a DC fan. I think he – I thought he was going to retire because he has that gig of uh, announcing afterwards, and he's, he's almost 40 years old. When he was on his hands and knees crying, I, I thought uh, I thought his career was over. But I'm glad he's pressing on. Really, the only the only person he should fight right now is Alex Gustafson. It's the only person there is. You can give him Glover. Glover's still there. But, I mean, there's not a lot of guys at 205 that are uh, getting me excited. I mean, OSP, uh, you know. You got Jimmy Manawal, who I think is really talented, but he just got knocked out of a Vulcan. He hasn't fought since that knockout of the Vulcan. Um, I just think the 205 is such a weak. I think it's one of the weaker divisions in the UFC right now. Which is unfortunate because that's the staple. I mean, when the UFC blew up, it was because of, you know, a lot of people contributed to the Stefan Bonner Forrest Griffin fight at the Ultimate uh, Fighter finale uh, season one, which is an incredible fight. But then right after that, you had the pay per view of Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture, two of the best two of fighters all time. So light heavyweight for a while was the division in the UFC. Now it's the weakest. Um, I think DC needs John Jones. He's already beat Gustafson. I think the rematch will be a close fight, but I do see DC winning again. I mean, he needs John Jones. I mean, unfortunately, there's not enough stars and not enough people. Guys are either cutting weight and going down, or they're just staying at heavyweight now. They're they're avoiding the whole weight cut. There's talks about DC fighting Stipe. I don't really think that's necessary because Kane's fighting Stipe whenever Kane gets healthy. And the, and the heavyweight division, I think the heavyweight division has some guys right now that, that can make it interesting. I don't know how many are going to beat Stipe, but I'm really excited to see how that plays out. So there's not a lot for DC at 205, um, but he dominated Vulcan. He, he said pre-fight, DC did that uh, Vulcan was JV, and he, and he looked like a freshman in there against against a, a varsity letterman. It, was, it wasn't even close. Another thing that I really noticed after the fight was uh, DC addressed this in the post-fight presser, and I think he's bullshit. I think he, uh, the guy who asked it asked a good question. It was after he fought, he said, Habib's next, Habib's going to get the title, and then Kane's going to come back and get the title. But Luke Rockhold's fighting for the title in a month against uh, Yo Romero, and he didn't make any mention to Rockhold, who trained at the same gym as Vulcan. And I don't think that got enough buzz. I think that, I mean, Rockhold spoke on a little bit, and I think DC maybe got asked, and he just keeps saying, Rockhold's my boy. But, I mean, that's fucked up to me. I mean, you're, I mean, DC is coming off the worst loss of his career against his mortal enemy. He needs a win, and your guy is down in Florida training with the guy you're fighting with, you know? And, and I'm sure they're not sparring partners. I'm sure there was no information given away or any of that. But, I mean, in the countdown show, they're shown running sprints next to each other. You know, there's some camaraderie there, no matter what, and uh, I think it's I think I mean that's going to happen to MMA because a lot of guys flock to these coaches and Henry Hoof's down in Florida. A lot of people like Hoof, which I don't know why his uh, 
he doesn't really have that many winners. Um, you know, Michael Johnson was a star pupil, and Michael Johnson's like five and six in his last fights. So I don't personally think Henry Hoof's the go-to guy, really. I think he's kind of – he's not as bad as Edmund, but he's getting Edmund-esque to me. Um, he's not really producing these guys that are that are knocking people out. And, like, he, I mean, he's a stand-up coach. But uh, I thought that was weird that uh, no one really brought that up. And then uh, a reporter asked DC in the pro, uh, post-fight, and DC was like, oh, nice try, blah, blah, blah. But that's bullshit, DC. You're on the media side. You know there's something there. Quit playing that fucking bullshit politic game. You know that pissed you off, and, and rightfully so it should. But I guess he didn't want to get into it. Um, and then on the other side of the corn, we had uh, two uh, big fights in Bellator. We had Chael Sonnen versus Rampage Jackson. Um, I watched this fight after on delay, and uh, Chael looked good. You know, it, it wasn't the best fight. I mean, I don't like Rampage Jackson weighing 253 pounds. I mean, Jesus Christ, he looked enormous. Chael came in at 220 which is probably what just, he just walks around at. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it, it was what I expected. Chael laying on takedowns, and Chael got slammed on his head in the first round. It was a rough first round for Chael. But uh, he came back and won. I mean, it, this is what Bellator does. You know, they put these tournaments on, which gets people's eyes. And, oh, it's a heavyweight tournament, which is great. And everyone's like, oh, it's but there's not really that many heavyweights in the tournament. King Mo's not a heavyweight. Ryan Bader's not a heavyweight. Uh, Chael Sun is not a heavyweight. Rampage Jackson's not a heavyweight. I know Rampage Jackson weighed 253 pounds, but the guy's not that big of a guy. He he looked terrible, and uh, and, and you know, and the one thing I hate about Rampage that you know it's it's oh, oh he fought like a bitch. Rampage, this is MMA. You get taken down, man. Like if you don't like it, go box. If you don't like it, do that Florida backyard bare knuckle boxing. I don't like when you complain about how you're an MMA and someone's kicking your legs or how someone's taking you down and you say they fight like a bitch. No, they fought smart because that's what MMA is. You fucking goon. That's what it is. Like, retire. Like, he came out like a year ago and said that he wishes he never fought MMA. Also, you're not going to be a millionaire. You're not going to bang those Asian girls you like to bang. I mean, it's a fucking joke. This guy complains about everything. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of him. I've been done with him years ago. I'm done with him now. I'm glad he lost. He's going to complain about it. He's going to get even fatter. I mean, I, I envision Rampage Jackson having a fight somewhere in the back alleys of Los Angeles or maybe even back home in Memphis, and he's weighing 300 pounds, and it's just going to be just a sad thing. It's going to be a sad ending. Rampage needs to get a hold of himself. I mean, the guy's going off the rails. But then the real main event, which should have been the main event, but it was a co-main event, was uh, Roy McDonald versus Douglas Lima. Very competitive fight. Um, I thought Roy was going to win the entire time. He did. I thought he would have been a little more dominant if he didn't hurt his shin. He had that big hematoma on his shin. Douglas Lima, a lot tougher than I give him credit for. I I, I didn't think he was on the level of a Roy McDonald, and he wasn't, but he, he he competed. Roy came out and said it was the best guy he's ever fought. That's not true because you've you lost to Robbie Lawler. You've lost to Stephen Thompson. You, you, you know, you're not uh, – I mean, the, those guys are head and shoulders better than Douglas Lima. And for people to say that that was the best fight on Saturday is completely false. I mean, these, I mean, if Roy McDonald and Douglas Lima were in the UFC right now, Lima would be maybe eight or ten in the UFC, and, and I, would, I would graciously give Roy McDonald ranking of a five. Uh, he might be five or six. But um, I, I think Roy is a solid guy. I think, he, but he, I don't think he can ever beat the top. He had to leave the UFC to get a belt. Um, as simple as that. And there's nothing going to change that because that's that's a fact. He left the UFC, went and fought in Bellator to get a belt, and he just won the belt. I mean, who else is there going to be for him to fight? So, I mean, I would love to see a Benson Henderson fight. Benson Henderson 
not a big 170. You know, he's a 55er cutting the, or not wanting to cut weight. So there's not a lot of options for him. I mean, you're going to rematch Lima, and then um, where do you go after that? And then um, the only other fight I was interested in on Bellator was Aaron Pico. I think Aaron Pico is a really, really good prospect. He, you know, stumbled on his first you know, on his debut fight, and then these past two fights, he's he's got some knockouts. He brutal fucking body shot knockout. Wonderful. I love a body shot knockout. Um, but he's good. I mean, he's I mean, he's one. Of the, he's the new breed. He's this uh, and crazy wrestler, grappler, and then amazing boxing. I mean, that's what that's what it's coming down to now. But overall, I was a little disappointed. I think I think the UFC had a really weak undercard. I thought some fights were pretty good. I thought some fights were a little, but you know, nothing really jumped out at me. I think the Charlotte card this weekend is really good. I think these cards coming up are fantastic. Um, I love these these little fight night cards they got. I mean, they have the pay per view in Australia, which is is an okay card. I, I mean, I always watch a Marcon fight, um, even though he's not fighting like top quality uh, quality opponents. And uh, Rockhold Romero is going to be a fucking burner. I love that. I've wanted those guys to match up for a while. Sucks that Robert Whitaker is not going to fight. I'm a big Robert Whitaker guy. I thought him and Rockhold would have a good fight. I would pick Whitaker over Rockhold. And um, now I'm going to have to see who I like in Romero, Rockhold. I think if Rockhold fights smart, he can keep away from Romero. But if Romero wrestles Rockhold, it'd be interesting to see. So that's a, that's a a pretty good fight. I'd like to. Uh, I like to watch. So let's get into the money. You know, I uh, I made some bets this weekend. I uh, did a little parlay that I lost, unfortunately. I was one fight away, and it, and it pisses me off because um, Rob fought the underdog. I, I picked him earlier in the week. I knew he was going to win. I liked his stand-up against Almeida, who's very chinny. And then for some, whatever reason, when I went to go place my bet, I uh, I took Almeida. I took the favorite at one, minus 150. I don't know why I did that. That messed up my four-fight parlay. Um, Rob Font looked fantastic. He looked tough. In Massachusetts, I believe all the Boston guys went undefeated, and uh, he looked fantastic. Um, John Vellante was a part of my parlay as well. He looked good. He had a split decision, which I thought he dominated the fight. I don't know how that was a split decision. I had uh, DC, which was an obvious pick, and I had Calvin Cater, who was an underdog as well. All that got washed away because of Rob Font winning. But that uh, that's 100 percent on me. I know that I won't uh, I won't against but against Rafan again. Guy's quality opponent. He, he switched camps, which scared me. And I guess that's why I went with Almeida, who's a little hyped, little little hyped up with his young, but he's chinny. You're young. If you're this chinny when you're young, you got to completely change your game. You have great boxing, you have sharp striking, but if you're chinny at 24, buddy, you need to you need to think of something else to do, or you need to become like this wrestler grappler. So I win the three for one on my parlay. It's a shame that I didn't hit it. Would I hit some good money? However, I believed in my guy Stepe. I put some money on Stepe. He was the plus one thirty five underdog. I made a nice little, uh, nice little winning off him. I would have bet the house on Stepe. I, I thought Stepe was was the better opponent. I thought Stepe was the better man. I thought he was a more well rounded MMA fighter. A gun you scared me in that first round. Stipe got cracked at the end of that round. They both were in that wild exchange right before Stipe took him down. Stipe has shown to have a hell of a chin and um, the greatest heavyweight of all time. I mean, bottom line. Can't go against him, so even more of a fan now than I already was because he won me some money. But I would have had a really good night. So out of the five fights I picked, I went four and one, which is pretty good. But unfortunately, when you parlay, you miss one, you miss them all. 
And uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm talking about it now. My blood's boiling. I can't believe I fucking did that. That's oh gosh, that's so st- fucking stupid of me for doing that. I mean, I literally spoke out loud early in the week to a buddy of mine saying Rob Font's gonna win. Rob Font was the under, and I I thought I loved the under on Rob Font, and I was gonna bet it straight up and put Rob Font in there, but for some reason I wanted to add it to the parlay. And it fucked me up. And, uh, yeah, so I got to live with that. I got to live with that to next weekend, to the Charlotte card, where um, I don't know if the lines are out yet. I know the Jacare Brunson line's out, and I believe it's pretty even with Brunson maybe being a slight favorite considering what happened to Jacare the last time he fought Whitaker. He got knocked out. Brunson's coming off a big knockout against Machida. Then you got the, the fact that Jack Ray knocked out Brunson in Strike Force many years ago. So um, that's an exciting card. I can't wait to pick that. Go to MMATakes.com. Probably about Thursday or Friday, I will have all my picks and what you should do on that. Um, and then I'll have a podcast out maybe after the card next week. And uh, we'll discuss how the bets go. And, and hopefully I can get some comments about what money you win. Maybe I'll do a podcast. Maybe I'll record one and put one out Thursday and, and uh, kind of go quickly go over what bets should be made for that car because I do think it's a really good card and I'm excited about it. And uh, it, I mean, it's it's a tasty little car for Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's not too far away, about seven hour drive. I, I mean, if I didn't have a little seven month old daughter home, I would uh, I would make the drive down there and uh, enjoy a live UFC event. But unfortunately, I'm a dad, and dads got to do what dads got to do, and that's uh, be there for my little girl. So this will be the first podcast. This is how it's going to go. I'm going to recap cards. I'll do some breaking news. Not a ton of news coming out in the MMA world. I'm always going to end a podcast with my top five. It's going to change every week. Top five, whatever. It's all going to be MMA related. I want to kind of ease into this. So I I was going to do with the top five upcoming matchups. So the top five that are upcoming that have been announced that are set in stone. I know there's a lot of rumors going around about so-and-so fighting, but these are actually going to happen. So the first one, my number f- my number five is going to be Stevens versus Josh Emmett. Both look amazing in their last fights. Both coming out big knockout wins. Right when Stevens knocked out Doho Choi last weekend, I said he should fight Josh Emmett. That was a matchup that I thought made sense. Josh Emmett's a big – I mean, they're, they're basically identical – um, the wrestling's going to cancel each other out. I don't think Josh Emmett will be able to take down Jeremy Stevens. He does mix in grappling very, very well. Stevens is ever improving. I think they're going to stand and bang. I think Josh Emmett might have a little bit cleaner of a stand-up. I think he's in and out more. He's kind of your traditional alpha male striker. They all kind of feel the same. They, they all kind of fight like Uriah. They all kind of, uh, minus Cody Garbrand, who kind of has his own style. But they all kind of, you know, they're very, they're very in their zone. They're very in their, they don't deviate from where they're at. You know, they don't make many mistakes. And Jeremy Stevens is a little wild, which I think could benefit him in this fight, him being a little wild. Um, Josh Emmett. On a little rise in the UFC, he's, he's tough as can be his debut. He had a nasty finger injury, injury, and he finished the fight, and I love that. I think he's a very talented guy. Um, that fight's happening in Orlando. I believe that's the main event for Orlando. I do not have a date off the top of my head. Let's just say it's March. Um, I like Stevens in that fight early. I know the, the lines aren't out for that, but I'm going to give you an early pick, and that's going to be Jeremy Stevens in that fight. I think he it's going to be a five-rounder. I think Jeremy can go five rounds. I think Josh Emmett's ever been five rounds. 
And this was Josh Emmett's first main event. This is his first uh, big step up. He looked great against Ricardo Lamas. Ricardo Lamas is a little bit chinny, I guess. He caught him big. It could have been a lucky punch, whatever. But Josh Emmett is the real deal. It took him a while to get the UFC. Um, so I'm going to take Stevens in that, though. I think Stevens is the better fighter, without a doubt. And then uh, my fourth fight upcoming is going to be John Dotson versus Pedro Munoz. I am mispronouncing that last name, but I love that fight for 135. Pedro Munoz is on a tear. He has looked unstoppable. John Dotson, a perennial 135 um, guy. He's coming off a loss against Marlon Moraes, which is a very, very close fight. I actually bet John Dotson on that fight and lost. was a little upset about that. It was a pretty close decision. Getting right back in there. I mean, he's coming off a pretty – he was – before the Marais fight, he's coming off a pretty nasty knee injury. Getting back in there against a guy. Munoz has never fought anybody as high caliber as John Dotson. It's on on paper, it looks amazing because the records are crazy. John Dotson's like 19 and 6 or something, and, and Munoz is like 17 and 2. Both very highly ranked top 10 guys, maybe even the top five guys, if if you really want to argue that. Um but I tell you what, I, I really, really like this fight. No one's talking about this fight. It's not a co-man event. It's just kind of on a, on a card. And uh, I really like that fight. I really like John Dotson in the fight. I think John Dotson will win. It's hard for me to bet against John Dotson because I've bet against him before and he's burned me. He's a, I don't like him personally. I think he's annoying. I think if I ever met him in person, I wouldn't like him. Him and I would not get along. He's just not my kind of guy. But uh, I shouldn't not hold that against him because I think he's a terrific fighter. And he is an amazing fighter. He's a top five guy. So I'm gonna and he, he changed weight class. He's on 25. Now he's back at 35, where he's actually knocked out the uh, champion at 35, TJ Dillashaw. So um, I'm gonna go with Dotson. I love that fight a lot. Um, I don't think that's a fight that a ton of people are gonna be talking about, but I do do love that fight. That's gonna be a good fight. It'll be very close, highly contested. I don't think it's gonna be a barn burner, but it's gonna be it's gonna be like a 28, 29. It's gonna be a split this year. I guarantee you that. The next fight, the third fight I'm most excited about is going to be Luke Rockhold versus Joe Romero. I find this fight so interesting. I've wanted these guys to fight forever ago. Probably the best bodies at 185. I love that someone to tell me who has a better body at 85. Jacare Souza, he's, I mean, he looks good, but I mean, Luke Rockhold's probably the best looking guy in MMA. I mean, my favorite quote Joe Rogan's ever said was the only reason anybody's ever gotten laid is because Luke Rockhold wasn't there. <laughs> I love that so much. Luke Rockhold, handsome as ever, body for days, terrific fighter. Looked okay against Dave Branch in his last fight. Um, he got hit. Luke Rockhold has notoriously known to be a little little chinny. He got hit, and it looked like he got rocked, but then Dave Branch kind of gassed, and Luke Rockhold took over. I don't know what it is with Luke Rockhold's top game, but it's I mean, he's been on top of a lot of guys in MMA, high quality top flight guys and they just look lost when he gets on top i mean it's it's unbelievable i feel bad for his girlfriend i mean i bet his stroke game on top of, with hers ridiculous because he's holding down guys who don't get taken down or even held down he's pinning them there and pounding the fucking heads in that's crazy to me i don't know if he can do that against joel i don't think so because Joel's such a good uh wrestler but I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Rockhold can. That's what's interesting about this fight is Yoel is such a good wrestler. He's coming off. He hasn't fought in a while. He, last fight was against Whitaker where he lost the decision. It's a very close fight, very good fight. Um, 
But yeah, Yoel, sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't, right? So um, the soldier of God needs to show up here. I think the strategy for Luke Cold, uh, I think the strategy would be that maybe mixing and wrestling with striking, obviously. I think I think Yoel hits hard enough that he can hurt Rockhold. I think it's just a matter if he can do it, if he's quick enough. Yoel doesn't have the best um, distance finder. He's either all the way in on a takedown, he's all the way out, and he explodes. He doesn't really put too many combinations together. Luke Rockhold's a very more precise striker. He keeps distance, has a great kick. So I, I would look to see Yoel take Rockhold down and maybe grind him out, which I don't know if that's possible. Um, Rockhold has a motor that won't quit and has a great great takedown offense. But I think if Yoel, you would have to do that. And uh, this is a tough fight to pick. Um, I, I don't know if the numbers are out right now. They're not in front of me. But I'm going to go Luke Rockhold because of experience. I like Yoel Romero. He's, I've bet and won with Yoel before. But I think this style is not going to be great for Yoel. I think Rockhold's going to be able to stuff the takedown. He's going to be able to avoid those big wind-up shots, those explosion shots he takes. And I think Rockhold's going to be able to pick him apart with leg kicks, body kicks, mixing head kicks, and you know keep his distance because he is the taller man. Um, but I love that fight. That's a good fight. And my number one and number two, top five upcoming fights. It, I've been going back and forth on who should be one, who should be two. It really doesn't matter, I guess, at this point because they are the, my top two fights. They just got announced, just had a press conference. We'll go with Holloway, Edgar at number two. I love this fight. I wanted this fight to happen before. I'm a big Max guy. Frankie, I, I keep thinking he's going to slow down. He doesn't. He just keeps coming. He keeps getting better. Frankie has stomped my heart so many times by beating BJ, who was like my first favorite fighter of all time. I love I'm a BJ Penn guy. He stomped BJ Penn. Was it three times? First fight was close. Second fight wasn't even close. The third time they fought was an embarrassment. Frankie, I, I haven't seen Max fight anybody like Frankie. Frankie with a high motor, and he's going to take you down. Ricardo Lamas kind of has a grappling style, but uh, Max handled it well. Frankie's a different animal. Frankie gets everybody down. I don't think I don't have the stat in front of me, and this could be completely fucking made up, but I'm going to say it's real. Is I'm pretty sure Frankie Edgar is taking down everyone he's fought. So is can Max get up? Can Max fight off his back? I know Max has decent jiu-jitsu. Frankie's not going to get tapped. I know that. It's it's so competitive. Frankie Edgar said it best in the press conference. Is Max feeling himself a little bit, and he is, 100%. His personality's coming out a little more. He's feeling himself. He's a big 45er. When they stared down, Frankie Edgar looked, I mean, Max Holloway looked like he was 6'5". Frankie looked like he was like 4'11". So uh, I'm really looking forward to that fight. I don't know if I have a winner right now. I don't know if I can pick it. I think I have to analyze it more. But my gut feeling says Edgar is going to win a decision. All I know, my prediction is that they're going to fight three times. The first fight, this fight coming up, is going to be very, very close with one of them edging them out. They're going to rematch. The other one's going to win. It's going to be a trilogy fight. That's what I see happening in this fight. Um, I'm so excited to see this fight. Two high quality athletes two highly skilled mma fighters going at it Woo! nothing better than that there is nothing better than that to me if you, how could someone want to watch fucking nascar as opposed to these two fighters going i don't know no disrespect no wait, no fuck disrespect to nascar it's a bunch of guys driving around on the track okay i go outside and I, I drive my car all the time i mean i don't see the i don't see the big deal i do not see the big deal 
at all. Why would someone choose that instead of this? Two of the best in the world at what they're doing and the hardest sport in the world, and they rather just drive a car around the track. I don't get it. 100,000 people they fill out. It's like the biggest sport in America. That is ugh, it's depressing. So depressing. But I love that fight so, so much. My number one fight, I think you probably already guessed it, Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. Hell of a name. I love this fight. Whew. Dick's getting a little hard thinking about it. A little blood's rushing to my wiener. That doesn't make me gay. That makes me a fan. Know the difference. Um, I love this fight, though. Tony Ferguson, they, they, they were, it feels like they were supposed to fight like 10 times, and it's never happened. And it, I think it's going to happen. Habib has hired a, a, a nutritionist. There's going to be no pulling out. You know Tony's not going to pull out. I know he's pulled out before. He had like a punctured lung or some shit about a year and a half ago. But hopefully this fight stays true. It stays, happens. Um, Habib has looked amazing. Tony Ferguson, he's one of those guys where I don't think he's all that skilled. He's just so tough. He's great on the ground. His stand, He hits hard, but his stand-up's not super clean. He's just so tough and so confident at what he does that no one's going to break him. And Habib is so talented and so good that he breaks people. I mean, he's elbowing Michael Johnson. Michael, you got to give up, Michael. Title shot is mine, Michael. Michael, tap. I do not want to break. Like, Michael Johnson's a high-level guy, and you're elbowing him in the head telling him you got to quit. You know the title shot's mine. And then he goes in and he destroys Edson Barboza. Tony Ferguson beat finished Edson Barboza, something Habib could not do. But, I mean, I don't play the MMA math game. That's bullshit. That's for losers. I play matchup versus matchup. Habib is going to be able to take Tony Ferguson down whenever he wants. Nothing's going to change that. Tony Ferguson is smart enough to realize that I'm going to get taken down. i got to figure out a way to get up. Habib's never been submitted, never even been close to submitted. So what you got to do is you got to threat that. You got to make him feel threatened and then stand up. Tony Ferguson's very active on his back. He goes to Eddie Bravo or he used to, I believe he's a black belt in uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Those guys are very active off their back. They don't get pinned down. They don't get held down. That's what I want to see out of Tony Ferguson. I want to see him active. I want to see him throwing up that rubber guard. Go for something. If you don't get it, you're out. Scrambles. Create scrambles. Habib is going to be a handful. And I'm sure Habib will be the favorite, and I'm going to take the favorite. I think Habib will win. I think Habib will be champion. I love saying Habib, by the way. And then what scares me is Habib's going to have to fight Connor. And I think that's probably the worst matchup Connor can have a guy who's going to be able to take your shots, who's going to be in your face, who's going to take you down and not let you up. I mean, I think, I think that's uh, a dangerous fight for Connor if, if that's what's going to happen. I know they're talking about going to Russia sometime in December. Um, if they do Connor and Habib in Russia, that's going to be nuts. I seriously doubt that's going to happen. But you never know. You never know what the UFC is going to do. Um, but those are my top five upcoming fights. I love them all. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a ton of great cards coming up. But those are the fights that I'm, I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, those, are, those are the top of the line. Uh, the best fight out of all those, what I see being like Friday night would be Holloway Edgar. I see Holloway Edgar being back and forth. And just being a, I mean, it's one, it's gonna be one of those fights that's gonna go to decision and like it's gonna be like fight of the year. It's gonna be absolutely incredible. I cannot wait. Honorable mention of the top five, it's coming a little outside the top five, will be Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier. If Gaethje wouldn't have lost Eddie Alvarez, that would have been in my top five, but since he just came off his first knockout, 
curious to see how he's going to react. Poirier, a little chinny, but hits hard. He's tough as can be. So that's that's way outside my top five. You know, I only do top fives. I don't fuck around with those top ten bullshits. So that's it. Um, this has been the MMA Takes Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully I'll put up another one um, on Thursday right before the Charlotte card and give you my picks. Be sure to go to MMATakes.com to read all the blogs. Follow me on Twitter, at MMATakes on Twitter. Instagram, MMATakes.com. You know what it is.